Welcome to The Witch's Table, a conversation between everyday witches about the magical, the mystical, and the mundane. Presented by The Witch's Altar, where no witch walks alone. And now, your host, Luana, owner and artisan of The Witch's Altar. Hello! Luana here with Maria, as always. And today is going to be our very special edition of the Witch's Table. It's going to be our holiday one. We're not going to do one for the month of December. We're going to give everybody, including us, a little bit of a holiday break. Um, but with it being the holidays, we really wanted to talk about being being a witch or practicing witchcraft or however you want to want to call it while going to the obligatory family Christmas events, emphasis on the Christmas events, and uh, basically just talking about our experiences to kind of help some people out, especially if you're thinking about coming out of the broom closet, as it were, to your family during the holidays. Oh boy. <laughs> Where to begin? Yeah, it's Yeah, it's it's a big it's a big messy 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 thing. Um I know when I was I don't want to say tra transitioning it's not it. Uh, de de deconverting. Maria, what's the word I'm looking for? Converting from Christianity to whatever. Yeah, converting. <laughs> converting, that's a good one. Um, I was like really adamant on I need to tell my family. And I couldn't figure out when to do it. It just never seemed like the right time. I didn't want to bother people. I just wanted to wait for like the right moment. And with how much my family cares about the holidays i was like what better way to tell my family that i'm no longer christian than on our christmas day event like because i don't know i guess i was i don't know why i did i thought that was a good idea i have no idea why my recommendation already to all of you is please do not come out during the holidays <laughs> Probably not a good idea. And I think it depends on I think it depends on your family for sure. Um, Christmas is a is a tense time of year, or it can be. And even if it's not tense, um, there is just a lot of you know pressure in general to make it enjoyable and to um, you know see as many people as you can and connect with as many people as you can. My family, I'm Puerto Rican on both sides of my family, which means my family is very extensive in numbers and any chance I get to sit down with someone is is precious um, because there's so many of us and it's hard to really have that quality time together. Um, and so it's, I think coming out of the holidays, even if you have an amazing family, um, can almost get in the way of the, the connective time you're having with your family um, because it's, it's about, you know, catching up and, and, you know, having a good time and, and opening presents and whatever the case may be. Um, if you have an opportunity to talk to someone one-on-one -on -one and really have that engaged conversation, which I've had, I had an amazing conversation with a cousin at a wedding once um, where we had an opportunity to discuss that. Um, but if I spent the whole celebration talking about, hey, I'm this, it's, you know, the holidays aren't about any one individual, uh, a wedding, uh, you know, whatever kind of family gathering you're having is not about any one individual. Um, and so, yeah, it can, it can be tricky. It kind of just depends on what your family vibe is, if that's something that is uh, welcomed or if maybe the holidays are just a time to, to connect and enjoy time together, regardless of what, uh, how you view the, the specific holiday. Yeah, well, and so, and I, and I agree with you, and that was something that I was basically, uh, 
accused of was like making the whole event about myself, which isn't what I was trying to do. And, and to, to kind of clarify, I didn't come out to the entire family all at once on a holiday, but what I did was I had done those like smaller individual one-on-one kind of coming outs, but there were a few people I was afraid to come out to. And so I was like, well, if I already have these people who I have talked to already about it, they'll be in my corner. So when I address these other people that I was afraid of how they would treat me or speak to me in private, I could have the, the moral support of being like, like it's okay like like hear them out and letting me like speak my my piece and it did not go that way (laughs) it was um you know why do you have to talk about what you do when that has nothing to do with what the rest of this family does that kind of a thing and and i have a really you know rough uh time with my side of the family and my, my married side of the family already as it is so like Obviously, my experiences are not going to be the norm, but, you know, it was very much like a, er, why, why are you doing this right now? And I was like, well, I didn't, I wasn't trying to do anything. I was just trying to, number one, protect myself, because I think that's a big thing for people is like, you want to come out and whether you're coming out, you practicing witchcraft or coming out as LGBTQIA plus or coming out literally anything else that we might feel kind of afraid to come out as. It's this fear of what is someone going to do to me or say to me or how are they going to treat me after I tell them and like wanting to have that safe, a safe spot, a secure way to, to do that. And I think for a lot of people, obviously myself included, it's kind of like, oh, the holidays must be a good time for that because you have more than one person who maybe you've already told or whatever that's sitting there with you that can help you facilitate the conversation. But that's not how everybody's going to take it. <laughs> and I got a lot of um, shitty questions after that as well. I don't know, Maria, like, did you get any weird questions after you, especially since you did more with it, just the one-on-one individual stuff, right? I, yeah, I have always chosen a one-on-one route when um, discussing personal things. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I've ever just sort of announced things blanketly on social media or things like that. Um, it's, uh, it's always been one-on-one and it's, it's always been with people that I kind of feel it out first. Um, and then people also take me by surprise, like the cousin at, at that wedding. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also even just last night uh, with an aunt um, who uh, started talking about how she met a Wiccan for the first time. And she was talking about like, uh, you know, the holidays and kind of what, what this friend practices and how fascinating it was to her that she'd never really learned about this before. And I was like, yeah, I know a little about that. And it's not, you know, it, it never came up to a point where I said, hey, Titi, I'm a witch. It was it was more of a um, a conversation about pagan things and and letting her know that I know a few things and, and discussing it um, through sort of a neutral lens. Um, we talked about it in relationship to Christianity and the parallels between the two faiths, how they're, how they're very similar in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. um, rather than separate, which I think is what people focus most on are the, are the things that separate us rather than the things that bring us together. And it was just a great way to kind of open that door and let her know that like, this is a safe, I'm a, I'm a safe person to talk about these things with and, and, um, that, you know, this is, this is a part of my my realm of knowledge um but then there are also other times where i'm talking with someone and and i will be more forthcoming about labels and and what have you um and so i've always had really good good experiences with that because i feel it out first and i figure out if it's going to be a safe conversation and a safe relationship to develop with them um i do have people who disagree and certainly you know if they find out or if i you know bring it up and it's not comfortable for them um, then, you know, I just let them know that we don't have to talk about this and, uh, you know, we can have our separate beliefs and still be family. 
Um, and I think with my family uh, in particular, we've had a lot of, of um, divisive moments um, in our history, and yet we still remain very connected. Um, and what I mean by that is, for example, my family is extremely Catholic, which I think I've mentioned before. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we had, uh, for example, an uncle who was a Catholic priest who left the priesthood and that people had very different opinions on on what to do with that information. And then choosing later on when he um, fell in love and got married, were they going to attend his wedding? Um, a cousin who uh, left his wife because he um, came out as gay and uh, they decided to part ways and they were comfortable with that decision. They had children together and they figured it out together. Um, and he, you know, later on went and, and married his now husband. Again, that decision, who's going to actually show up to his wedding? Um, and there were very uh, different opinions on, on how people felt about that. But even though we have those different opinions, everyone shows up to the family reunions and everyone has a good time together and everyone comes to Christmas if you can. I'm, I'm an out of towner now, but um, you know anyone who can make it um, safely there is gonna be there and, and we're gonna love that time together. And it doesn't matter what our differences are, what matters is that we're family. I'm also very aware that that is not the average family experience in the world. Um, and I'm sure uh, people will see that as we go along that Luana and I have very different experiences yeah. with family relationships. Um, but I, I will say this, you know, there, no matter whether you have a cohesive family like mine or not, um, I think it's about feeling it out and feeling out what you feel comfortable with. And, and there is no need also, there is no need to have some sort of declaration of I am this. Yeah. Um, if you don't feel comfortable with that, don't do that. No one is ever going right. to make you do that. It is your choice. If that is what you want for yourself, do it. If it's not comfortable and it wasn't comfortable for me, I don't like the spotlight on me like that. Um, I, I didn't want to go down that route for me. And, and so I chose, you know, these little bits and pieces and deciding when to share what and just being confident in knowing I know who I am and sharing that with someone else is, is um, a choice that I always want to kind of amplify that understanding of myself rather than um, feel like it's some sort of obligation. Like I have to, I have to, um, you know, make a, make a very specific statement on something. That's just, that's my take on it. Um, it's really what you feel good about. What is going to help you uh, feel good about being a witch and feel good about uh, what kind of energy you bring out into the world? Yeah. Well, and then so interesting with your story with you said it was your your aunt, right? Yes. Yeah. You know, you saying that you didn't really like tell her, oh, I practice witchcraft, but more so I am knowledgeable about this subject. And like for you and then you explaining like your philosophy on sharing more intimate parts of yourself. Like, that makes sense. Like, you don't have to come out. You could definitely do that. And, like, that's enough for you. I mean, I mean I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but it sounds like that's enough for you to feel like that's your version of coming out. And that's as close as you're going to get to coming out for a lot of um, your family. Um, whereas me, I don't give a fuck. Like... <laughs> I don't give a fuck about your feelings. Um, <laughs> which, I mean, I do. I, I love my family regardless of, like, how annoying they can be. And I do have a very strained relationships with all sides of my family. Um, and a big part of this is because of this. And I don't necessarily like these big, you know, robust declarations. But I am very much, like, I want to be unapologetically myself. So I want everyone to know this is who I am and this is what I do. And then if you don't like it, get the fuck out. Where that's a problem that I have that philosophy is with things like family. And, you know, already a lot of family members don't come to family reunions. And a certain part of my family no longer has family reunions at all. Um, because they're already like so there's so much infighting in between this certain side of my family and so you know it's already really really strained and then when I started coming out either 
via larger declarations with multiple family members together at one time, whether that be at a holiday or not, and individual stuff, and then also just posting whatever I wanted on Facebook and talking about whatever I wanted on Facebook or other social media outlets, family noticing that and being like, I didn't know that. Why didn't you tell me? <laughs> Why didn't you tell me? And it's like, well, I don't, I don't always have to have like a sit down with you. I don't ever see you. We don't ever talk. I don't necessarily understand why you care. And then also, why are you mad at me <laughs> for being this way when like, you don't really know me anyways? Like, um, it's really like, that's just my philosophy. I'd rather just be myself and, and like be openly and unapologetically everything out in the open and just kind of weed out the people that I just don't want around. Um, and I think that there is a difference for a lot of people of like, some people have this idea of like family is family no matter what, and you're there for your family no matter what. Is that kind of like where, like the camp that you're in, Maria? I, I think so, but I think in a very healthy sense. And that's where I think mm -hmm. it's important to distinguish that if that's a toxic statement yeah. from you, then that's not good. But if for me, in my case, like, yes, my family comes together when we need each other no matter what. Yeah. That That is a very loving expression of that statement. Right. And then where I, I am on the very opposite end of that camp, where if my family said family is family no matter what, it's a very toxic type of statement. And I don't want any part of that because family is not family no matter what in my family. And that's been shown to me via my coming out in various ways and the horrible things that have been said to me by family and family members even uh, not uh, uh, having me invited to things. I was not invited to either of my cousin's weddings. You know, like just craziness, just everyone else was invited, but don't, don't invite Luana. <laughs> don't tell her I'm getting married. <laughs> like, like stupid shit like that. Like it's so, it's so uh, weird. And um, I guess this is kind of a good lead into the next part of the conversation of like things that you might be asked that are either innocent, but sound shitty or really shitty things that you might be asked after uh, coming out in any capacity, whether you do that at family or individually. I'm trying to think. I, Family-wise, I'm not coming up with any sort of immediate thought. Most people just heard what I had to say. Um, so healthy. Accept <laughs> so healthy. I'm um, so happy for you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I mean, my family is, it, a lot of my family is very open-minded. Um, and then the ones who, who are more set in their ways, you know, they're, whatever I have to say probably isn't going to change their mindset anyway. So it's fine. Um, as long as we respect each other. Um, I've had I've had uh, friends though you know ask questions and and um, and I've definitely heard stories. I feel like I haven't been asked any like extreme questions, maybe by strangers. Like when we're we're doing marketing uh, markets and things, but um, we we might get some interesting questions. But I I I don't know. I I haven't had a lot of um, absurd assumptions. Well, there are definitely good, good Well, some people usually what ends up happening is the person, family or friends or whomever will say, oh, I, I know someone who's Wiccan or pagan or something in sort of the sphere. Um, and and they'll say, like, you know, uh, I didn't know something like I didn't know. Um, I don't know. So you just, you know, maybe <laughs> some parallel between paganism and Christianity, which is usually what I end up hearing. Right. Um, I didn't know that, or you know, what uh, they they'll they'll kind of just sort of connect it to something they're already familiar with, and then we'll just sort of talk for a little bit and move on. Most of the questions I have is when I tell people that I read tarot. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. um, and then they'll ask me questions and that's more the typical like but what about the devil card and you know isn't that yeah. you know, th things like that where it's a it, there's more sort of um up upfront offerings of assumptions than than um, when i bring up my my spiritual practice mm -hmm. well, and i would say i'm in kind of the same boat i mean not exactly because i've i've heard a lot of shitty questions but before we get into those can of worms as far as like vending is concerned i feel like witchcraft is getting more into the mainstream to the point where there's like i mean i'm sitting here with a whole magazine on my table that's literally titled the truth behind the legends and lore witches with a freaking robed witch i'll take a picture of it and put it in the notes or something or i'll put down where the publication came from but anyways it's amazing and the whole a whole magazine is on it and i've uh seen like news stations write articles on it or do videos on it or do like puff pieces on cable television for it and even like the new charmed came out and I started watching a little bit of that and they even try to like make it seem like more of the they're doing more of the mainstream like witchcraft stuff. They're not just doing the crazy spells yeah. that you saw in the original charm. They're also doing like protection stuff and they like talk about the crystals and some of them are fairly like accurate <laughs> what gets taught normally and I'm like, "Oh, hey, like so there it's becoming I think more the norm so when we get questions at markets i tend to agree that we're getting more of the the questions that are like oh that reminds me of this thing in christianity mm -hmm. like the prayer beads and the mala beads that i make are a good one because those will be out and they'll be like oh what is this for it doesn't have a class and i say oh it's prayer beads and they're like oh is it like a rosary I'm like, exactly like a rosary. Mm -hmm. Good job, friend. Like, <laughs> It's a wider conversation now, for sure. And that's why mm -hmm. I think I don't get as many of the shocking questions yeah. that I might have, even though I've been practicing for, uh, shoot, 10 years now. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't talk about it as much then because... It, it, there wasn't a frame of reference for it to the same degree that there is now. And so now when right. you bring up witchcraft, like most people are going to have some sort of, oh, I know something. Yeah. And so it's not a shock like it might have been 10 years ago. Yeah. Like, emphasis on might. I'm sure there were plenty of people having the conversation. <laughs> I just mean that there's there's a better chance now that you, you stop Joe Schmo on the street and say, what do you know about witchcraft? That they're going to maybe have some semblance of a, a semi-accurate answer than a decade ago. Then, yeah, than a decade. Well, even less than a decade ago, because I haven't been practicing for 10 years. I've only been practicing for like seven or eight-ish, something like that. So like, even when I started out in a more serious sense, because you know, I've been practicing seven-ish, eight-ish years, I didn't really get serious into it until a little bit after that, you know? So like, even then, they're still like, it's completely different now, which I'm thankful for. There's good things and bad things about that. Um, and I think the one good thing is that I don't get so many dumbass questions anymore. <laughs> it's like, uh, oh, you're selling, uh, oh, it's crystals and oh, like witchcraft shit. Or it's like, oh, you're like a new age shop. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's, um, it's just becoming more in the mainstream. So, and th like I said, there's good and bad to both of those. So where was I going with that? I've lost my train of thought. Why do I do this? Is the Mercury in retrograde again? No, not, I promise. <laughs> Were you going into questions that you've been asked? Yeah, I was. That's, I think, where I was going. I'm sorry. Okay. Oh, my God, my brain. Um, yeah, so, like... I get less of those dumb questions. Oh, this is where I was going with that. To piggyback off of your, you get more questions on like weird assumptions on tarot. I get that about like the Ouija board a lot. 
So it's like with items, like it's with specific items that they see where they'll have an assumption about how it's used because they watched it on a show or whatever, or they heard something or their great grandmother who's like diehard Catholic said that it was going to open up a portal to hell and suck you in in the middle of the night. You know, like it's, it's like stuff like that, that I'll hear um, from strangers. Um, but again, it, that I would take that any day over some of the other shit I heard when I was just starting. <laughs> so that's like the good ones. <laughs> now we're going to get into the bad ones. And Maria, you can uh, chime in with any like other bad ones that you've heard other people say that they've uh, experienced. Sure. Um, but I was told or asked, I guess, by my family member if the only reason I had cats and dogs were so that I could sacrifice them to oh, Satan. Lord. Yeah. To Satan. To Satan. I'm sorry, I said, oh, Lord, as you said that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I know. We're just going to pause and take a moment of silence here for a second. Yeah. Yeah, that was a thing I was asked. And I was like, the fuck are you on about, dude? And it was like, they legitimately were, like, concerned that I was, like, having these animals for slaughter. Which... I will say I I have met at least one person who has like a farm where they do sacrifice chickens for their practice, but they also eat the chicken. So it's kind of like, it's like dual duty, but like, why would I do that to a cat? Like, I don't have a farm. I don't have chickens. That's also not the type, like, that's not the tradition I'm I'm in that I'm working in where I'm doing that. And that, you know, thinking about the person I know that does that, they even told me they don't do that that often. You know, it's not, it's not something that you just like, oh, I'm going to go take a chicken. You know how fucking expensive that is? Like, there's no way. Yeah. Um, but they legitimately asked me that and I was floored. I was absolutely floored. But they were dead fucking serious. So serious about it. I was just, I couldn't believe it. That, I think yeah. that was the worst that I've been asked. That that is that is. Oh, God, I don't even have words. I know. How do we how do we dig ourselves out of this hole? <laughs> Hashtag bleed out for Lucifer. We're coming full circle now. <laughs> We've come full circle. I forgot about that. Oh my oh goodness. Oh god. Hashtag bleed out for Lucifer. Find us on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> Next time I see Luana, she's going to have that tattooed somewhere on her body. I'm going to get it as a shirt. There you go. <laughs> I'm going to get it made. It's going to be great. Instead of a WWJD bracelet, it's hashtag bleed out for Lucifer. Mm -hmm. Yep. Oh, that's going to be like our theme shirts for uh, the witch's table. We're going to have witch's table shirts. The logo is going to be on the front and then the back is just going to say hashtag bleed out for Lucifer. That's all it's going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's going to be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And it's going to be like, everything. Or nothing. <sighs> Listen to the podcast. Find out. <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic. But that's the worst. And I wanted to get the worst one out of the way. <laughs> that That's pretty bad. I mean, people get these assumptions in their head. And, and it's incredible how it becomes their reality. And so to them, that was not an absurd question. That was a perfectly legitimate query. Yep. Yep. Well, that makes me wonder, like, how much, like, National Geographic or, like, Discovery Channel documentaries did you watch on, like, different cultures in different countries? Because there's a lot of cultures that do that still, um, where they do do, like, divination via, like, gutting things or... Um, sacrificing chickens or or whatever, and there's a lot of documentaries <laughs> on it for National Geographic, like an absurd amount, and they always show that stuff. Which you know, I get it, blood cells, but like, come on, y'all, like, there's mm -hmm. more to that culture, I'm sure, than that. Um, 
And so it's like, how many National Geographic episodes did you watch for you to be like, this must be the norm? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Wow. Mm. Oh. But yeah, that was the that's the worst. Uh, what's what's the worst one that you've heard? Because now I'm curious. Because I feel like oh. we got to dig ourselves out of this hole. <laughs> I'm actually I'm gonna pivot a little bit. Um, this is probably cheating, but it, 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 your story reminded me of this one, and this happened to me. Um, once upon a time, I know I brought it up on the podcast before. Um, I was discerning religious life as a when I, back in my Catholic days, I was gonna become a nun. Um, and, uh, growing up, I always had very short hair and a very androgynous appearance, mm -hmm. um, to the point where, uh, I would get mistaken for a boy pretty regularly. Um, I recently cut my hair back that short, uh, now many, many years later, um, and got my first accidental he pronoun and I felt very accomplished. Um, there you go. I like the hat, by the way. I wish everyone you. could see your hat, but it's adorable. I, I normally spike my hair up today, but for um, day job reasons, I needed to be shorter. So I squashed my hair down with a hat. Um, but not normally my, my everyday look, but it's working. Um, I'm here for it, girl. So I, uh, you know, teenage Maria was super Catholic gonna be a nun um and had discerned which convent i was going to enter and everything and i mean i just i had my whole future planned i don't know what happened i do know what happened um but we i remember um finding out shortly after high school graduation that most of my peers um and this explains why i didn't have any boys asking me out in high school um, everyone had assumed I was a lesbian because of my short hair um, and that the reason I wanted to become a nun was so I could live with women. Wow. Wow. That was a pivot. Still really bad, though. Like, that's a really, like... Yeah. And that's for a religion that uh, is better known than, than the different subsects of paganism. I mean... Yeah. You know how Catholicism works. We all know that the church does not approve of homosexual relationships. And you think little soon-to-be Sister Maria, not that that happened, was wanted to live in a convent with women because she's a lesbian. And you said, was this high school or college? This was high school. High school. Okay, well, yeah, that makes some more sense. Working with kids, this totally checks out as, like, an assumption. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, so spiritual in nature, but, you know, little, little twist of uh, sexuality in there. Um, That's horrible. Yeah, I, and that one, I think that baffles my mind even more than, than with uh, assumptions on witchcraft, um, mm -hmm. because Catholicism is not exactly in the shadows of life. Yeah, well, is this the thing that, like, as the years have gone on thinking about that question it's always stuck with me but i've kind of gotten less and less mad and i just laugh about it now because it's it's just one of those things the more into witchcraft i get and the more different traditions i look into the more you realize like well that could be a thing that i could be doing because that's a thing that some people do i know someone who has a farm and does that so like, you know, <laughs> like you have to experience it, right? So like, it's always funny because like when I try to, when I try to defend it, or when I see people who try to defend it, like I don't do that. That's not what we do. No, that's just not what you do. But you don't have to police your language to make it seem like, like I'm doing like a really normal like chill thing, and that's something I've had to stop myself from doing, because someone could be sacrificing chickens in their backyard that's okay that's just not what i'm doing like don't please don't assume that i'm doing that how about ask me a better question ask me a better question ask me something in a better way say what kind of witchcraft are you doing or what what kind of things do you do how do you define witchcraft yeah as a practice. Like the, uh, the NPR article slash uh, radio story we were in. Um, yeah. 
last year yeah last, last year. year oh my god COVID. it felt like two years ago the our local npr station did a fantastic job interviewing us and and mm -hmm. interviewing everyone who was at the witches market not everyone a good selection well, of people who were at the at the witches market um to to ask you know what what is your expression of witchcraft more or less um i'm paraphrasing but it, it really gave a, a great spectrum of the different practices of of the witches who were present um and the article did a in the story as well did a good job uh covering that without you know assuming anything or putting everyone into sort of one lump assumption mm -hmm. um it was very open and i i actually had a great chat with um a, a couple of the reporters involved in that story um about how they want uh one day to expand that almost into a series and i hope they get to do that i really hope they get to do that that would be so cool and the witchcraft community at least here in like richmond virginia it's pretty large i think this is the largest and most open community i've seen uh, because before this i was in north carolina and there was a metaphysical store uh that i was attending but there was pretty much only one group that was active and there was a lot of people in the group but not everybody showed up it was kind of like they just wanted to know who all was in the area that they could trust which i totally am for and i understand that but no one was like open about it like you can't be open out there because you will get looked at like you're a complete like you're bonkers like you've lost your goddamn marbles um it's the area that i was in was at least seemingly to me very uh cishet white you know population very christian i didn't feel safe i didn't feel safe exploring a lot of aspects of myself not not just the the pagan witchcraft side and then before that like being in okinawa i was you know exploring with other americans and it was a very small handful <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah it's um yeah different <laughs> it is different and that's why i think it's important to have people who are um supportive and and also with you who can really relate to what your experience is so finding those people whether in person or you know if you're in a in a town that um doesn't have a community you know meeting people online um safely yeah safely, <laughs> safely in person too for that matter um but you know getting to know um who who's in your corner and who who can relate to you and, and having your you know um your your almost your team your, your witchy team who's 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 there rooting with you because uh, otherwise you don't feel i find that you don't feel i don't feel safe exploring certain aspects of myself if i don't have an outlet for that part of my identity, it kind of gets pushed aside yeah, um, and, and almost buried. Um, and so it isn't until I, I get confronted or, or immersed in um, that aspect of my identity that I, I even begin to acknowledge that it's there sometimes. Um, so if, you know, if you're exploring, you know, find, find those people that you can have those conversations with and, and ask questions because I think the, the biggest obstacle um, we have in life is uh, being able to talk about our genuine experiences because when we do, we can find people who connect with that um, and, and connect with those emotions and we realize that we're not the only ones who feel a certain way or have a certain experience. Yeah. And I, I really like the fact that you and i are doing this together because we have completely opposite ends of the spectrum on a lot of different fronts you know like we can show that juxtaposition of like this is what it could be but this is also what it could be yep and we do that all the time whether it's like with something like this or um talking about like our, our family or no, I just feel like this is what we do constantly. Like our even our traditions that we've like practiced or like what we have started to do for ourselves is completely different. <laughs> and yet it's so similar too. And I'll never forget the first time we really started talking about the nuances of our beliefs and realizing even though we have different external representations of those, our beliefs are very much in line with one another. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. But it's it's just so great. Um 
So to like have that and then still see the similarities within that and to be able to like, I don't know, it's just, you're allowed to have different experiences and both be valid. That's my right. point. Every, every experience is valid and that's, um, that's important to get across. And I find, I, I hope that that's more available to people now. Um, you know, when I, you know, 10 years ago, it felt very different to me. Um, finding uh, a feeling that my practice was valid was very, it was very difficult um, to find that confidence um, because there were, there were a lot of loud voices in, in the communities I was first exploring that uh, were declaring sort of black and white, this is right, this is wrong mm -hmm. kind of statements. Um, and I think, but you know, that's my pet peeve. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly why we're here, you know, to, to create a, a platform and a space that, um, that helps people feel comfortable and confident in their practice and coming together and not feeling so alone. Um, you know, finding community that, that lifts one another up. You know, like we said, Luana and I have very similar beliefs, but they look so different on the surface. Oh, yeah. You know, when you when you really come down to it, you can find uh, uh, friendships and relationships and 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 bonds with people that you know. You look at them and and or look at the surface of what they're saying, and and you may not see it, but when you really dig into the meat of it, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Absolutely beautiful. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. I know. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I my favorite question I think I've ever been asked. It's always my favorite because then they get to explain why it's a stupid question. <laughs> Is um, do you think that you are able to do things like they do on Harry Potter? Oh heavens. Mm -hmm. Also by the same family member, just going to point this out. All my <laughs> nice gems are from the same one. Um, the other ones are not really questions. They're more declaring statements of, you're a heathen. Don't talk to me anymore. Stuff like that. So mm -hmm. we're not going to get into those ones. But like the questions, it's all from the same one. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's that's Hollywood and fantasy. Fantasy in, in terms of the literary genre, not fantasy in other definitions. But there's so much... Um, influence on pop culture, and uh -huh. from pop culture and from the media that I, it doesn't surprise me, you know, people, that question comes up a lot. And then, and then there, there comes the, uh, the added, um, I guess, complicating layer of there are plenty of witches who are Harry Potter fans. Um, well, I was not, just going to get into that too. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so, and, and I'm just going to put an asterisk on everything we discuss with Harry Potter uh, is um, as in relation to the story and not the storyteller. The yeah. storyteller has a lot of complications. This is a safe space. We are, we are pro everybody. So just going to um, throw that out there. We're putting that out there because I feel like now every Harry Potter conversation I have has to come with, I love Yeah, it. but did you know? <laughs> it's like, yes, I, I do know. Yeah. I'm also mad. Yep. I hate her. Thank you. Yep. So... <laughs> Now we can move forward. <laughs> but um, there are, and that, I remember that coming up um, in the NPR article was like one of the, one of the witches interviewed um, was uh, adamant about being um, a Hufflepuff. Yeah. And uh, which is precious. I mean, Luan and I both on the Witches Altar website declare that we're Slytherins. Like it's proud, proud, proud Slytherins. Um, uh, and so people, I think that it, it probably doesn't help the image, but you love what you love and we love the stories. Um, yeah, I think that I've heard that one before. Um, yeah. People assuming that they think, you know, we point our finger at something or a magical wand and, and like shit flies around the room. Um, well, I think the interesting part about the one that I quoted from this specific family member was that they were very... They, they asked in a very specific way. It was this, do you think that this is what, like, they were mm -hmm. implying that I'm crazy, that I must believe that I can make things levitate. And if I think that I can do that, then I need mental health. Whereas most of the time, the way it gets asked to me 
or it was asked me, as we talked about earlier, it hasn't been lately, but like when I was first starting out, was very much in the way of like, oh, you mean like Harry Potter? And I'm like, no, 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 I don't make things levitate. Well, then what do you mean as witchcraft? Oh, you're okay. Well, that's a really big, long conversation. And I don't really know how to answer that yet, as I've only been doing this for about a year. And here's like five books I've read. Maybe you should read them. <laughs> like that, that was kind of my experience with the strangers that said it. But it's this very, like, it's this very methodical way of asking that, of like it being a mental thing. Yeah. Like you must be a fucking mental patient to think that you could do what Harry Potter does, because that's not real. Um, and then, yeah, you know, to your point about, you know, we are also Harry Potter fans, and maybe that doesn't help anything. I actually, you know, how do I put it? It's a very important part of, of like, my witchcraft experience, though. So mm -hmm. even though I know I'm not doing that, I still, like, I watch that and I still can be like, oh, look, like, it's me on TV. <laughs> like, um, in, like, a weird, it's a weird, in a weird way, you know. But it's, I think it helps a lot of people who practice witchcraft not feel so like alone or shitty and they can feel like they have some kind of representation on tv because it was like one of those witchcraft stories that wasn't in a scary movie format where the witch was the bad guy mm. where where the the magic was like of the devil because every horror movie that's what it's portrayed as yep and that's you know historically what it's been like and then you know, you got Charmed in, like, what was that, the 90s? Mm -hmm. Charmed came out in the 90s, and, like, they were st they were the good guys, you know? So, like, Charmed is really important to people who practice witchcraft, and Harry Potter's right up there with it. And I feel like it's because these are stories about people who are good and doing good with the witchcraft that they're utilizing. And it's not like, oh, you're nasty and, like, you need to hide. Right. So even though, like, on one hand it kind of hurts, I also think it's really important. It's an important part of like what we do. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, media brings people and I, I definitely say this as a writer, I am drawn to stories naturally. I love a good story and I grew up reading books. I was raised on PBS and books. I read Goosebumps and I read Harry Potter and I read all sorts of Star Wars books amongst many others. And, um, and they're formative and, and those stories take us on a journey and and take us to bigger worlds than the one that we immediately live in. And I think that's the magic of storytelling is it, it broadens your reality. Um, and so, yeah, when we see Harry Potter or Charmed or whatever um, representing witchcraft in a positive light, um, yeah, that's going to that's going to late us. Um, and, and even if it's not technically accurate, it certainly isn't. Um, in many ways, but it, it's um, it's encouraging and it's it's intriguing. And I, I know for me, I, I read all the Harry Potter books um, and all the movies came out. Um, and it wasn't until the last one came out that I even learned that witchcraft was a genuine spiritual practice. Oh, yeah. I thought it was purely of the fantasy genre, literary yeah. genre. I did not know that it was, you know, anything more than that. And I, uh, I, I can't remember exactly what turned me on to it, but it was somewhere in the, uh, what I call the, the Harry Potter withdrawal um, after the last movie came out and I didn't know what to do with myself. So I wrote lots of fan fiction and cried. Um, but uh, <laughs> it, was, it was difficult times, okay? Soon to be published by the Witches All <laughs> <laughs> No. Uh, God, I'm so excited. Oh man. Um, but uh, but Harry Potter ended up starting me on you know this intrigue of I want to read more things like it. And the next thing I read was The Mists of Avalon. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's when it really started dawning on me that, oh, hell, this is like, there's real life stuff connected to this. This isn't mm-hmm. just um, a fairy tale. And it, and it went from there. And that's what brought me to, um, to my practice and, and to witchcraft as a practice and paganism in general. Um, you know, just after that, that last movie came out, um, and so, yeah, it's, it is a big part. Stories are a big part of humanity. It's a reflection of humanity. People come up with these stories. So it's, it's a, it's a part of, of the collective unconscious, so to speak. Yeah. And I think that is how we're, how I'm going to circle back to talking about how to relate it to your family. So if storytelling is how we relate to people, just like how you said when you were talking to your aunt about how it relates to like Christianity, those are all stories that they're familiar with. And when you present somebody with like, this is your story that you know, and this is the story that I know, and it's very similar, let me tell you about it, or let me tell you about this thing or this object. And you're able to like talk it out Mm -hmm. in that kind of way. I've had much obviously much better experiences with family members who are open to having those conversations. Um, But I still would get an even better result if I told them how it related to them or what they do. Yeah. Because it does, that kind of stuff does connect us. Yeah. And um, I think it can help relieve some of that tension and that fear. Um, because, again, to your point, my experience with witchcraft, I did think it was just Harry Potter. And I didn't know until post-Harry Potter either that it was a thing. I was well into adulthood. I say well into. I really wasn't still a naive child. But, um, you know, like... 18, 19 years old, like, (laughs) um, yeah, like, I didn't think about going into that section at Barnes & Noble because I didn't know it was there. (laughs) The, The most I had experience with witchcraft was, like, my weird witchcraft books, like Harry Potter or, like, The House of Night, which is more vampires, but, like, they do spells in there, but, yeah, like, just the stories like that, it was all Hollywood, it was charmed, it wasn't a real thing. It was just fluff. Yeah. Um, but they did tell amazing stories about like humanity. And so like after getting into witchcraft and then seeing like the real life stuff on top of this like Hollywood magic, that was what was really cool for me. Not to get off on a separate tangent, but <laughs> but yeah. So I think the main thing here um, to kind of wrap it up would be, you know, it's okay, like, try to give people grace. <laughs> they might be asking questions in a sincere way because they legitimately don't know. They may not even know that that section exists in Barnes & Noble. <laughs> and they might not watch things like Harry Potter or whatever. Maybe their church told them it was all bad and of the devil right? Things like that. So trying to give people some grace, just a little bit, right? Enough to be able to try to explain. If they don't want to hear then that's fine. Um, but try to give your family some grace. Maybe don't do it on a holiday. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe try to do it more one-on-one. Um, and to uh, learning from, from my mistakes, which you know, Maria, I'm so glad that you didn't have to make too many mistakes, but um, definitely kind of gauging your audience a little bit better of like how to approach it. And it's not easy and there's no one size fits all. And this isn't like a how-to guide to coming out um, to your family or to anybody else for that matter, because the way I did it was the way I did it and the way I choose to do it and the way that Maria does it the way that Maria chooses to do it and there's going to be probably a completely different way that you end up doing it um 
but yeah, just um, kind of like understand that you might get some fucked up questions and mentally prep. <laughs> yeah, and always respond, I think, in kindness. Mm -hmm. because if someone came up to you and told you something you weren't familiar with and said, this means a lot to me and I want you to know, you know, act, act from kindness, act from the heart so that, you know, that person feels welcome, even if you don't understand it and, and think the same, you know, back that person doesn't really, necessarily understand what you're saying mm -hmm. so you know speak gently and and speak your mind but um do so knowing that they might not get it and that's okay it's about being present for each other mm -hmm. and if that person isn't going to be present for you then that's unfortunate don't force it on them mm -hmm. and don't force that on yourself either because that's a whole just be confident in who you are, confident even when that shifts because everyone evolves and, and their practice, you know, morphs with them. Just be yourself. Act from love and, and not everyone's going to get it. It's okay. And maybe not everybody should either, yeah. you know, like, um, you know, thinking about my family and my experiences, like I said before, like being unapologetically myself personally, that has kind of cleared the way to getting rid of my toxic family members already. Um, and that, so that's helped me. That might not help you, but like that, that has helped me. And so the way that I, you know, approach that is like, well, if you don't get it and I've tried to explain it to you, then I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry for you because I'm still a good person. I'm still me. I'm still the one that you knew as I grew up. I haven't really changed that much. It's just what I call what I do and how I do it just looks a little different from yours. And if you can't accept that, then, well, I don't understand why, why you can't accept that. And so then it's probably better that you're not around me. <laughs> yeah. Any, any toxic relationship, anyone who's going to cause you harm um is not worth it anyway mm -hmm. uh, but some people are just going to be confused mm -hmm. some people will come around some people won't and i think this is the really important part of having your your found family or your your made family versus your blood family um because for those of us who don't have a good blood family i i have family in maria and I have family with a lot of my other, you know, witchcraft community. And I've done Yule specific things or witchcraft specific events to, to kind of fulfill that part of what I do. Because I know that I'm not going to get that from like my blood. Yeah. And that's perfectly okay too. And it might not be ideal. I, I, you know, having a rough family background, I know that longing to like have your family give a shit <laughs> to have your family be there for you because you hear all the time about how family's so important, whatever, whatever, but like, it's okay. And this is some, some of this is what I'm saying is a reminder to myself this upcoming holiday season. It is okay to have a found or created family um, for this stuff. And don't think that, that that makes it any less important or sincere. So. Yeah, absolutely. So on that note, if Maria, if you don't have anything else. I'm good. This was wonderful. This was really good. Um, we will see you guys in the new year. Holy shite. <laughs> you guys in the new year please be safe out there in the holidays um keep us in your mind especially if you're going to be with your family and you don't have the same practices and just be safe um and mindful and we love you guys and we'll see you later
Thank you so much for joining us here at The Witch's Table. If you'd like to add your voice to this podcast, we would love to hear from you. Please reach out to us at thewitchesalter.com.